Hello, and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders shy away from. And we believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. I'm your host, Jeff Ma. I'm a director at Softway, an agency based out of Houston, Texas, that specializes in digital transformation, culture, and branding. And each episode, we like to dive into one element of business or strategy and test our theory of love against it. Now, some of you might be wondering about the title of today's episode. Well, wonder no more. We're going to be talking about platinum and no, not about platinum selling albums or precious metals. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the platinum rule. It's a concept related to the well-known golden rule that you might have heard of or or even live by. So we want to break that open a little bit. And I actually heard, I first heard about this concept through our guest today. And I'm really excited to have her here with us today. Her name is Candace Cooks, and she is the CEO of Candace and Company Inclusive Solutions. Candace, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Um, I'm so glad that you invited me to this podcast because I have a public opportunity to ensure Chris is not the supreme shade thrower at Softway. So oh, thank you. Wow. Well, we're going already. We've, we've started the podcast. Started just already? <laughs> so as you guys can tell, there are two other people here on this show. We also have Chris Petrie, Vice President of Softway. Hello, Chris. Hello, I am Chris, and I am the favorite child of my mom. So nice to be here. Okay. Well, we're gonna we'll dive into that in a little bit. Um, and Frank Dana, hello, Frank, director at Softway. Hey, Jeff. He's like, I got no, I got no horse in this race. <laughs> um, but so before we begin, Candace, could you give us a, a quick intro or um, you know introduce yourself a little bit? What people want to know who I am? I so. I uh, have the pleasure of serving the business world as a diversity and inclusion practitioner. And so I've spent roughly 12 of the last uh, years of my career dedicated to um, strategizing and implementing inclusive solutions for Fortune 500 tech companies and uh, globally recognized education um companies. And so this has been uh, quite a journey um, uh, uh, professionally. And I, I, all I can say is that I'm incredibly grateful to be in a position to have learned all of the things that I've learned, especially given today's climate and this sort of renewed and energy around inclusive solutions and establishing cultures of belonging in various uh, workplace settings around the world. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for, for joining us here. And I'm really excited to dive into all that experience and knowledge that you have. But before we get into it, there's uh, some orders of business we have to take care of. There's two things. Number one, we always do icebreakers. So we got to do that. And number two, we got to talk about your relationship to Chris Petrie. So mm -hmm. let's just get that out of the way. Okay. Um, who, who would like to go ahead or introduce that relationship? What's going on here? 
So I guess I'll go. Um, the listeners probably like me more, just like our parents. Um, so <laughs> the uh, person here that has joined us, uh, Candace, is my sister, um, older by 18 months, so pretty close in age. Um, and we, <laughs> it's backwards, so <laughs> I don't know what it says. Oh, man. <laughs> I went through the trouble of writing it in reverse. Hang what on. This, what does it say? So for the listeners, what does it say? It's reversed on the, yeah. just to be clear. It's, it's reversed, reversed on the board because wow. I thought that it was going to show up in reverse. Oh. But these are skills, people, skills. Okay. <laughs> what does that say? I wrote ignore Chris and a smiley face on the <laughs> on the whiteboard behind me. Um, so for all of you who are joining us on YouTube, you get to see these skills of my ability to write um mirrored quite profoundly mirrored wow and so yeah, yeah. i am going to reverse this because this is going to come in handy uh throughout our conversation yeah i will say and that what you're seeing so is a skill that i gave her so what she <laughs> noticed is that my sister and i have very similar handwriting yes i was about to say it looks identical and <laughs> you can thank so, me so <laughs> no, it's it's reversed on the screen. So they, they assured me that this I'm sibling... Just I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> like, what? So they, they assured me that the sibling relationship would not get in the way, but it, it seems like we've already begun and I love it. So <laughs> let's go into well, the icebreakers because <laughs> this is not love as a sibling strategy. Okay. This is, we need to get... Yeah, need to get it's, it's, it, when we record Shade as a sibling strategy, call me. Okay. Well, I def I can see that you two, you two can do that episode by yourselves. I will let, let yeah. you guys. I don't want to be there. Let, let's jump. And so for, for the record, I am roughly 20 months older than Chris. And it was I who taught him how to write. He was in awe and completely jealous of my ability to pin the English language in ways that he could not access. And so I taught him just if to be guys, clear. If you're not watching on the, if you're, if you're listening to this, go, go find it on YouTube because the facial expressions here are much more important. I recall none of these alleged incidents. So <laughs> we are, we are, we are six minutes in this show and they've already given conflicting accounts of how, how much yeah, older she is. He said, yeah, he said months. 18 months. He said 20 yeah. months. I don't even, I don't even know what to believe. Well, anymore. either way, I, it, 1820, close enough. 19. There we go. <laughs> I was born number. in August, August of 82, and he was born in April of 84. Y'all do the math. And yes, I just put his <laughs> his business out in the street. So yeah. it's cool. I can't have nothing. <laughs> wow. Well, well, we got a show to do. Let's 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 get into it. Let's Thank get into you, the yeah. icebreakers. Let's start with this. And it's funny because I have I have our amazing executive producer, Maggie, write these for me, and I just read them the first time. This will be an interesting segue. Candice, I'm going to start with you. Um, the, the question for you is, what's your favorite thing about Chris? <laughs> um, my favorite thing about Chris is his inability to recall information. Oh, no. my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Frank, now that you're back, my favorite thing about Chris is um, his thoughtful approach to 
not only business, but the way he works with his team. So team, if he is doing anything that you do not agree with, talk to me. Um, we have taught him better. Um, but I do appreciate the things that I watch from a distance and the way that he engages uh, his team and um, is attempts to be pretty thoughtful and inclusive in the way that he shows up in the workplace. And I think that goes a long way and ultimately is something that um, grooms professionals as they are navigating their career and the professional space. And so um, that that is lifelong moments that people get to cherish. And I'm so glad that I was able to teach him how to be a great human. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we got to get to the icebreakers y'all okay it's so good chris, though this is it chris chris your question is what's your favorite thing about candace what is your favorite <laughs> thing about candace yeah. so that is a very great question i don't know how to come out come back after her attacks <laughs> i'm just kidding um no i think for me it's actually seeing her work and seeing her um not just work, but also be a mother um, and, you know, juggle everything. Um, so taking care of three kids plus a, a bustling career um, and still be on top of everything and on top of her kids and making sure that they have what they need, but are sort of growing up in the way that we were trained as um, individuals um, and ensuring that balls don't drop and, you know, uh, not being set back by anything that comes against her. So these kids are being groomed in the art of the shade early. Is that? Oh yes, they, yes. They actually do throw shade at each other very well. Mm -hmm. I, I have to, really I have to admire them. Like I just, I just sit in awe and listen to them sometimes. Like, <laughs> the next generation. That was actually a really good, really good. Like that planted very well. I have to commend you guys on that. All right, yeah. Frank. They do a really good job. My daughter was awarded, I think, two years ago at her school, um, uh, Shade Thrower of the Year. So people They're awarding recognize those things it. at school. Hey, yeah. that, you all enroll your kids in KIPP. They look at the whole student, not just the academics. <laughs> all right, Frank, your question. It's do a one-word answer, right? Do you wish you were also related to Chris and Candace? And oh, 100%. One hundred percent. And why? And why? I love these people. Like honestly, like what? Some of the most incredible human beings I've ever met. Um, and also, you know the 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 Petrie family has an incredible, um, I would say, collection of of food that has been mm -hmm. that surfaces every once in a while. Yes, um, Lord. that is now woven into. <laughs> my family's uh thanksgivings and christmases as traditions um and so i just think number one just to to be around a family that has the capacity for that much uh shade throwing um and to eat the most delicious food quite literally you, would, you wouldn't last you wouldn't last a week in that i would last a minute with the <laughs> just just the the level of shade would crush me into like a, small, like a coke can you just be like in the corner in a fetal position like all the time. i just want to be in the room that just has only happened one time jeff that is not <laughs> <laughs> but i will say the right. corn casserole the corn casserole is legendary in my house as a result of oh the, that's awesome yeah really good all right let's do this let's dive in candace 
please tell us like because I, I you know i want to break into a lot of the stuff you're doing like the great stuff you're doing in business and all that stuff but what really drew my attention our initial conversation was what you call the platinum rule can you explain what that is yeah absolutely so i learned oh it was a few years back and I wish I could accredit the person who taught me. Um, so forgive me for not remembering. Um, but I've engaged with so many people around the world. And one of the things that somebody taught me when I was pretty early on in my career as a DNI practitioner, and um, someone brought up the golden rule in the room, in the group, as we were having a discussion. And they they rebutted with like, well, actually, I live by the platinum rule and everybody stopped. And I was like, OK, platinum, I'm down with that. I like expensive things. And um, what he shared was that the platinum rule differs a bit from the golden rule in that we were taught, at least in America, um, at a very early age that the golden rule is to treat others the way you want to be treated. Well, the platinum rule takes it a step further, hence platinum being above gold. Love that. Um, and in the with the platinum rule, the concept or ideology is to treat others the way they want to be treated. And so where Chris may be able to handle my shade throwing, that may not be for Frank. And so I need to be mindful of the fact that just because I am okay with receiving the shade thrown my way, because Lord knows I've had plenty of breezy days out here. Um, that doesn't mean that that's true for Frank and Jeff as well. And so I should be mindful of treating them with kindness and with respect, but also inquire and genuinely seek to learn more about them as individuals so that I'm not making assumptions about what is right or feels right for them as individuals. Um, and, you know, I think the platinum rule has definitely allowed my career to flourish um, because the greatest lever that a DNI practitioner has access to or skill is influence. And in order to influence people, you have to be able to build thoughtful and um, genuine relationships. And I think the Platinum Rule has given me um, that foundation to be able to build authentic relationships with people um, and thereby create the level of influence necessary to bring forth change. Right. And and I was raised on the Golden Rule, you know, easily. And, and I think what struck me immediately about the difference personally when when you first brought it up and I thought about it was that the golden rule was something you could kind of say out loud and be like treat others the way you don't want to be treated and it makes perfect sense and I can just go out in the world and do that like because mm -hmm. I can just go and be a person who treats everybody the way I'd want to be treated and I'm like that makes sense and to me the platinum rule implies some work you know like the platinum rule yeah. you can't you can't do that without, you know, putting some work into it. And that's kind of what I wanted to start talking about here today. Um, Frank, Chris, any thoughts right off the bat here on on this platinum rule? I mean, for me, it's uh, like, I, I think it sounds amazing. And similarly to, to how Jeff was thinking, like, 
everybody grew up on the golden rule. I don't know if there's another layer above platinum. Is it diamond? Is it unobtainium? Um, but either way, we don't have to talk about that. Jeff's like, don't bring Vibranium. Avatar into this. Vibranium. Yeah. Um, but my thought is like, I'm immediately thinking about how much time and effort that type of thing could take, right? Because if you're talking about treat other people the way they want to be treated, that means like knowing how they think, maybe knowing how they act and engage. And so my thought is it feels a little overwhelming uh, and, and a little bit scary because I'm looking at it going like, okay, does that mean that I have to, I have to, to make sure that I take, how, like how much time is that going to take? for me to be able to to provide the level of care for someone else to know how they need to react and kind of be in that position that's that's the thing that immediately strikes me um is the 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 amount of effort that would go into it and i i think that's something that i want to talk about a little bit sure happy to unpack chris did you have anything to add to that no i think uh getting there um would be first i think the next thing that i would want to jump into after we talk about the, the work that's required is yeah. what are the practical applications and what does it look like like you know being in a real setting what does the platinum look like in in reality right because i could imagine no meeting is the same <clears throat> all stakeholders are different and change out right so yeah. you can't just assume that you know you do it once and you're good to go. It's like you're, you're constantly realigning, recalibrating to everybody you're around. Um, yeah. And, you know, I want to get there, but let's start with like just the, the work required before you get into practicality. Sure. So um, I, I guess I've just been doing this for quite some time and don't even think about the work that goes into it anymore. Um, I, I have effectively decoupled from the golden rule. Um, so I, I will say that um, the first sort of thing to keep in mind that's foundational in uh, the work required around the platinum rule is making, well, ground zero, remove self from the equation. You must be self-aware and your conversation and the way you show up in any space and any interaction cannot be self-centered unless you're negotiating pay. Um, that's the only, only time you should be self-centered, right? Um, please get all of your coins. Um, but if you are inside of any other interaction, please be aware of self and remove self from that interaction. And that is the easiest way to quickly access executing the platinum rule. So by that, I mean, if I am, let's just say I even, something as simple as like walk into a room and there are a group of people who are about to engage in conversation or some interaction of some sort, and I'm cold. Instead of just saying, oh my God, I'm so cold, right? Like, we typically do whenever the temperature is not to our liking. Um, I could lead with, wow, is anyone cold in here? Um, and I am addressing my concern, but I have put the focus away from me and onto the people who are in the room. And what they immediately receive is, wow, she's really thoughtful. So immediately I've broken all barriers and all assumptions about who I am 
before because you know my blackness shows up in the room before i do um and sometimes my femininity but any assumptions or biases that may have lived in that moment before i opened my mouth when i asked a question that was about them their well-being their state of comfort immediately what people receive or what they hear is not just <laughs> is this temperature okay for me? But wow, she was thoughtful enough to ask and she doesn't even know who I am or she knows who I am, but thought enough of me to ensure I was comfortable. And so that is like one really, really, really simple example. Doesn't matter where you are, if you're at work, if you're at the gym, if you're at church, like it doesn't matter. That's something that you can do or leverage with anyone around you. But essentially making sure that when you engage in conversation, when you're talking to a client, you are actually servicing their need and centering their need as the basis of your conversation versus leading with your thoughts, feelings, and opinions. Even if they're as simple as I'm cold or I would like the temperature in this room adjusted. I wanted to, to follow on. I wanted to ask how, uh, what are some of the, the questions that you can ask or have asked around learning how people want to be treated. So if we're talking about, mm -hmm. we talked about shade earlier, like I just want to be in the room with y'all when you throw shade at each other, but I don't want to be the recipient of it. But <laughs> yes. in terms of, in terms of um, building those types of relationships where when I walk in the room, now I understand how Jeff wants to be treated or how Candace or Chris mm -hmm. want to be treated. What are some of those questions that you can use? And then I'll, a part B to that is, in a virtual environment just as well as a in-person environment, right? So mm -hmm. how can we break down those barriers to make the platinum rule more attainable um, mm -hmm. for people when they're trying to build those relationships? What are some of those, those questions that you've been able to ask others that gets to that quickly? Right. So one of the easiest ones that is everyone's favorite is their name, right? So when you ask someone what their name is and... I'll use Chris, for example, his full name is Christopher. And so if he introduced himself as Christopher, then my response is like, oh, cool. I have a relative by that name. Um, do you prefer to go by Chris or Christopher? Right. And that is right away. How do you prefer to be addressed? Right. Um, is clear. And so if he says Chris, then I understand that he has perhaps it's possible that he is he is a bit more casual um and doesn't have to go through sort of the rigmarole of like full names right um and so once he says i prefer chris then that would indicate to me right away that like oh okay so he's comfortable enough to share his nickname or his preferred name um, uh, he has shared some level of vulnerability with me. And so I can therefore dig a bit deeper. Um, but the only way for you to access vulnerability is to be vulnerable first. So in that conversation, when you ask for a name, say, hi, my name is Candace. Um, my friends and family call me Candy. What's your name? Right. And what I have done was unveiled my truth right? Um, before even extracting any information from Chris. And so it, 
it seems very, very, very complex, you know, as an ideology. Um, right. But in practice, it becomes really simple um, because the the full intention is to shift the focus away from you and onto the other person. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think this sounds like great when everybody's neutral or, you know, warm and welcoming and in a great, like a, a safer space. But I'm curious to know what the platinum rule looks like when perhaps there's more conflict or yep. it's maybe a little bit more hostile or you have warring factions, mm -hmm. so to speak, which happens in corporate mm -hmm. America quite often, yes, right? Like, um, and so how does that how does that rule look when sides are a little bit more tense? Yeah. So uh, the platinum rule in in conflicts or tension uh, looks a lot like seeking understanding, right? Uh, identifying the root cause of the sort of opposing view, right? And so it's like, hey, you know, I, I what I hear from you is X and help, can you clarify or build, a, add a little more color to, you know, why you believe or feel this way, right? Or what information do you have that I may not be aware of? Um, because I want to make sure that I'm processing everything as you share it. Um, and essentially pulling them in, you're reeling them in, you're making it about them. What's, you know, like, what is your belief in this moment? What sort, what is your source of truth? How did you come to this conclusion? Like seeking understanding will always ease conflict because it allows you to then seek the commonalities or um, potential solutions based on what they're saying they need, they believe, they hear, they love, they want, right? And so with that, you can sort of move forward. Otherwise, if you just stay locked into what I believe, what I want, what I need, um, the conflicts will like forever live. And it only takes one party to seek understanding from the other party for for the, the tension to, to ease. Got it. So, Candace, I'm I'm curious as to you know you you mentioned that this was something that really helped propel your career. Mm -hmm. Can you can you elaborate a little bit more of of where this kind of played or stories of how it it showed up and how it you know you do a lot of great work in you know diversity, equity, inclusion, and I, I, I love the the kind of story of how that all tied together. Yeah. So. Um... One of the, <laughs> I think, pivotal moments with uh, leveraging the platinum rule uh, occurred when I was, ooh, I was just a few months into uh, my new role in Silicon Valley um, for a Fortune 500 tech firm. And the CEO and co-founder was leading on all hands and was sharing um and all hands is a company-wide uh, meeting for those who, who don't adopt that or use that language. But he was leading a company-wide meeting and sh shared some things that I and quite a few others didn't agree with. And so in order to get him to hear the concerns of sort of like the employees at large, um, 
I reached out and I set up time. But of course, I did that responsibly. Um, but I set up time and what I did was spend time getting to learn, know more about him. Um, and because he was a Fortune 500 executive, like sitting there and essentially scoping him out, shadowing him or interviewing him because we lived in different cities was going to be really hard. So what I did was I started asking questions about him for, uh, uh, with the people who worked closest to him and with him, like his his assistant and uh, his the <laughs> I would say his 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 opposition on the leadership team, like the person who who always said no when other people said yes, um, and someone who had a lengthy history professionally with him, and those three people became my source of truth and understanding sort of like what made him tick and understanding how he prefers to be treated. And once I was able to understand that, and yes, people, what I am saying is this all took time and it was so worth it um, because when we actually had our meeting, I was able to communicate to him in a language that he both appreciated and understood. And it made my role of influencing him like a piece of cake. It was so simple. Once, once I shared what the ask was, he was already connected to me in a way of respect and humility and vulnerability because the, that is the way in which I approached him. And I did it in a, in a language and um, in, in a way that was what he was familiar with, right? And so because I took the time to do that, and by the way, we're talking like maybe like an hour and a half of 30-minute meetings with three different people. Like this is not like, but the stakes were high. So those 90 minutes were ve like well worth it. It's not every day you're talking to um, the CEO of a tech giant, right? And so I felt investing 90 minutes was going to have a wild return. And so, and it did. Um, it That single conversation was a catalyst for that global entity to do all, to begin all of the cultural change work that has now reshaped both their, their market position from a brand standpoint and reputation standpoint, but also their profitability, uh, employee satisfaction, and the whole nine. Um, so I knew that all of those things were possible if I was able to have a conversation with him and be effective in both understanding his point of view and sharing my point of view and have that steeped in the platinum rule. It's interesting to me. It sounds like the golden rule is, in my opinion, like listening to this, just having a conversation about it, it feels a little flawed to me. <laughs> because you're leading with a kind of it feels a little bit selfish, right? Like you're assuming mm -hmm. that other people uh, would like to be treated how you are treated, whereas mm -hmm. the platinum rule sounds like an anti self approach. It's selflessness. It's being yes. willing to put yourself aside to recognize the needs of others mm -hmm. in anticipation of that that connection with the other person, right? So for sure, 
that's that's how it that's how it it's making sense to me is that the golden rule is inherently a selfish rule. And yes, it now, is. I, I, I've just upset a lot of people that, that grew up in America. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you think about the idea of like applying a growth mindset and moving forward, um, the next the next step is caring about other people more deeply than you're caring about or th- assuming that they're going to be cared for the way you want to be cared for. So, yeah, for sure. And I've been trying to find the ways in which maybe the platinum rule might have limits or where it could right. fall flat mm-hmm. or be wrong. And I'm I'm struggling coming up with something, but I don't know if you've ever seen sort of the platinum rule be misused or be ineffective in reaching or um, improving the environment in which you enter or operate within. Yeah, I think quite honestly, um, someone will always, you know, there are hackers in all areas of life. <laughs> find the the flaws in the or, or the weaknesses in the platinum rule um but one that comes to mind is manipulation and um you want to be careful that where the platinum rule and the way you distinguish like when am i exercising the platinum rule and when am i being manipulative um manipulation means that one person wins and with the platinum rule, all parties win. If there are 20 people involved, everybody gets something. If there are two people involved, everybody gets something. But with the platinum rule, it's a win-win. With the um, with manipulation, it's a win-lose. I, I wanted to ask you a question because I know you mentioned, um, you know, being a, a DNI practitioner or DNI practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to talk about or ask you about how the platinum rule applies when it comes to allyship um, inside and outside of the workplace. But I'm thinking, I'm hearing you talk about um, the ideas of like meeting the needs of people where they are uh, meeting, like understanding people better. And it sounds like a lot of that is connected to the DNI practitioner perspective, but also, you know, as a white person looking at opportunities to build better allyship and to be a better activist for change, how could I apply like asking you, how could I apply, um, you know, the platinum rule to a position of an ally? Yeah. So that's a great question. I think there are a couple of ways to approach that. Um, uh, you know, in being an ally, I'm an ally to many communities. Um, and one of the things that I'm very cognizant of as an ally is, to push past assumptions, push past the stereotypes, push past the things that you see in the media, right? And ask the questions anyway. Don't assume that just because I'm going to some um, a Muslim's house that I have to take off my shoes at the door. Ask, ask, would you prefer that I leave, take my shoes off before entering your home, right? And it may be true for 99% of Muslims, right? But there may be that one person where it's like, girl, you're doing too much, come inside, right? And so you want to ask those questions because there are people that may be part of various groups or communities, but may not always hold or practice every belief that is attached to or assigned to that community or that group. And so asking questions 
is the best way, um, regardless of what you've seen time and time again, uh, whether that's something you've consumed uh, via the media or lived experience, asking the question and not assuming that one Muslim is the same as the next or one black girl is the same as the next. Like, ask, you cannot touch my hair. Thank you for asking, right? <laughs> like, it, like, getting crystal clear about that um, is one of those things that is very individualized. And if you're working with a group of people and acting as an ally to a specific group, address the group, right? And so, and collectively they will share and it won't be overwhelming. They'll share like, hey, this is our philosophy or this is how we navigate when we're inside of this group, et cetera, et cetera. And so it, it's quite simple. So that's one way, you know, asking, asking clarifying questions um, and pushing past like the assumptions or the stereotypes that you've um, ingested over time. And then another way to to uh, leverage the platinum rule as an ally is to ensure that um, when you are tasked with speaking on behalf of another group, do everything in your power to not be the speaker. Um, have someone, a member of that group, speak on behalf of themselves, right? Um, remember, the platinum rule is about removing self. Why do I need to hear from Frank what um, Vietnamese people like? Just because he has, he's an ally to the Vietnamese community. Um, and like, if you're an ally to the Vietnamese community, bring the Vietnamese people you have relationships with so I can hear from the horse's mouth, right? Um, oftentimes, we like to hold other people's stories hostage so that we look like the hero. The wow. real hero understands that their responsibility is to take a back seat and to push forward the people who can advocate for themselves. People oftentimes in marginalized communities are seen as needing to be saved. And the reality is no marginalized person wants to be saved. Marginalized people want access and opportunity. And so if we can discard this need to protect or take on this savior complex where we feel the need to almost act like helicopter allies, um, we need to break down and destroy those beliefs and behaviors um, because they actually do more harm than good. Wow. For the record, yes. Take off your shoes when you enter any house, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for real, for right. sure. That's just disgusting. Yeah. But anyway. At all times. Just regardless of where you are. I love rubbing all of the grime from outside in your carpet. So. You're oh, not come welcome. on. You're not welcome. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you ask me at the door, I will say yes. Please, yes, please take, take But I feel off. like if you were to be in the platinum rule, you will let your guests know before they come to wear nice socks or have socks ready for them in case they have some, you know, some people may be in laundry days and don't have access to, you know, the most appealing socks. And so to be inclusive. Some people may have foot odor. I mean, exactly. Yeah. All there. of that is true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it, 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 we're joking, but it brings up a kind of a point yeah. of like, it, it kind of like you need the platinum rule to even get more of the platinum rule. It's like, it's almost yeah. like, this, it like feels you have like to, 
like platinum like, platinum love begets more platinum love right <laughs> i like that it, it just abounds right and it's, it's like, one no. of those things that continues because what essentially you're activating with the platinum rule is vulnerability and authenticity and once you activate that like the minute i share oh girl i'm having a bad hair day this is tough like it invites a frank jeff Chris, to all say, yeah, I had a terrible hair day last week. Or you know what? I spent like an hour longer than I should have on my hair today. You know, it invites people into your into the experience because they feel like they can relate. They now feel connected to. They now feel like they can trust you with more than just whatever the agenda items are, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. you you want to walk into or hope that you can walk into whether that is virtually or physically any interaction, enter, in, in, enter into any interaction, um, hoping or aiming to learn more about the people involved than just the items on the agenda. Can you do that succinctly and within the time frame you have? Absolutely. Um, and it could start with one simple question or with using an icebreaker. Um, like one of the great ones that um, that I'm I'm stealing from uh, Jonathan Sprinkles, America's Connection Coach. Um, he likes to ask people virtually, uh, "Tell me what's outside of your window." And boy, you would be amazed at the things that people share and how that just cracks open like the chatter and everyone becomes very participatory in the conversation, um, regardless of how uh, uh, you know stringent the agenda is. And so it's it's one of those things you liven up and and open up people in a way that allows them to even be more productive inside of the conversation itself, even if it is solely focused on business. Yeah. And I think as you've been talking, I've been going back and um, I remember the first time I sort of went international and I had to go to an international client meeting. Mm -hmm. um, I was super nervous and in my head about like, okay, I'm an American and this is like a meeting in London. And I was trying to figure out, I was like, I don't know how to behave around people that are British. I don't know if they like do the same thing that Americans do. I don't, I don't know anything. And so <laughs> I remember just like opening up and be like, so I'll be honest. I have no idea if I am offending anybody just by, <laughs> you know, asking certain <laughs> questions and, and they started laughing. Right. So it opened the eyes and opened, you know, everybody yeah. to, you know, mm -hmm. contribute. Um, but you start to realize that once you <clears throat> share those types of moments, humans are humans regardless of where they grew up, right? Like yeah. uh, everyone has nerves. Everyone is also familiar with the fact that they don't always know the best sort of rule in the moment or the best mm -hmm. etiquette in the moment, especially when there's international audiences. Mm -hmm. So having uh, this in mind, you can honestly enter any room um, yep. regardless of how much you know and sort of feel at home or or make everyone feel like they belong in that room, even though yep. nobody knows anyone or knows the background of anyone or understands sort of the histories of every person or group in that room. Absolutely. That makes a lot sounds of like, sense. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like humor is also uh, could be a big part of that, like bringing in levity, bringing in something that mm -hmm. allows people to laugh, that breaks down those walls and silos, um, introducing something funny, being as 
like honest as possible about how you don't know etiquette. Um, right. And just allowing people to engage. It sounds it sounds like that that could also be something that people could start with, right? Yeah. 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 Humor, humor goes a long way. Just make sure you're using appropriate humor. Um, crossing those uh, boundaries can get you in trouble. But humor is boy, that will crack the code right away. So I want to bring this conversation kind of where I always try to bring the conversation and that's back to love and business. And we've, we've kind of touched on those a little bit here and there, but Candace, I was wondering if you could kind of tie it together for me when it comes to the platinum rule, what are we, what's kind of the takeaway here of how that really draws a direct line through love into business? Yeah. So when leveraging the platinum rule, um, I'm actually putting uh, people and uh, people and profits first, right? And the way I do that is remove self. That's step one. Step two is be vulnerable first. Um, step three is read the room, do a temperature check, um, find out what's happening with the with those around you. Um, and I would say that the the last step in sort of leveraging the platinum rule is to assume positive intent, right? If I am operating from a place where I'm assuming that the person next to me wasn't intentional about offending me or saying something that may have come across a bit curt, um, if I'm assuming positive intent, then I'm assuming maybe there's something behind that that I'm not aware of. So that may prompt me to ask clarifying questions or maybe converse with that person a little more, lean into the conversation with them a little more. So um, I think in doing those things, what you do is bring out the best in people. You essentially incite productivity um, and people feel like they belong and they also feel like they can contribute. And ultimately, that impacts your bottom line because you have people working together as a team who feel both productive and that their contributions have value. And whenever anyone feels valued, <laughs> your dollars, your coins are going to stack up very quickly. Um, and so I, I, in leveraging um, the platinum rule, Love and business are definitely, um, they're definitely woven into um, uh, that ideology. It, it would be almost impossible to separate the two. They're interwoven. Um, the more you leverage the platinum rule, the happier the people and the higher the profits. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think earlier you said platinum love begets platinum. I don't remember the words. Right, 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 right. But like, but like that's, that's really compelling to me because um, if you follow the show, you know, one of the things we preach over and over again is the culture of love, right? The culture of mm -hmm. the, how people are behaving and treating each other within the organization that's, that's, that permeates um, through, you know, hierarchical lines and, and political, you know, drama. And mm -hmm. what I, what I hear from the platinum rule is that it has this opportunity of like almost, um, you know, through 
mitosis or whatever it is like spreading from person mm -hmm. to person like like yeah. platinum rule could be a key to unlocking kind of shared empathy and growing this culture from person to per person which i mean we've we've talked at length of the business implications and benefits of having that type of culture and it seems like the right. platinum rule is a good place to start mm -hmm. yeah yeah it who really wanna, is yeah i was gonna say who doesn't want to feel a sense of belonging like honestly, right. who, wants to, who wants to come to work and not feel like they belong, and not feel like they're valued? And I so, don't, child. I, I won't I stay long. Like, I promise you. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like this. It feels like it feels like the the platinum rule. It unlocks, like you said, that sense of belonging, which leads to higher morale, better per, better performing teams, people that are more engaged, more willing, that ownership, right? And so, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it, it it makes perfect sense. Yeah, that, like. You know, we, we had a saying that we really loved uh, the, the we culture versus the me culture. And the very first rule like kind of a, of you that you mentioned, Candace, was to remove self. So literally, mm -hmm. if, if people are practicing removing themselves, we're naturally building a we culture because everyone's yep. only looking out for those around them, yeah. not not themselves. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a me culture when you're talking about your money. Remember that. <laughs> only that. That's when no, you yeah. have a me culture. <laughs> So, so I guess understood. Um, I guess finally for but oh, just okay. before we move away from that, I will caveat the sort of putting self first when negotiating pay, salary, contracts. Um, it's important to note that the only way to effectively um, get your money. Um, is to actually leverage the platinum rule. So the most effective way, yeah, this is an insider tip. The most effective way to getting the the pay that you deserve is actually to learn what the business needs and tie your achievements to what they need and couch your monetary ask and your ability to solve or address the needs that they have. And what you're doing is saying, look, I hear you, I see you. I believe in the direction you want to go. And I am the person who will help you get there. And I'm also worth every penny I'm asking for because I have taken the time to learn what you need. I've taken the notes. I'm going to keep them right here for anybody that wants to review. <laughs> so if you're watching, uh, screenshot it. Somebody drop Muhammad in. Yeah, let's drop Muhammad in this conversation. <laughs> Muhammad, <laughs> we were talking about you, Muhammad. Come on in. <laughs> so, so I guess to close this out, Candice, speaking now to the audience, like what what should they go, like what's the first step? Like they, they, they never heard of the Platinum Rule. We talked at length about, you kind of laid out the steps. But mm -hmm. what can they what can they go and 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 practically look at first, or what can they go and just address? Honey, yourself. Look in the mirror. Be self aware. Um, know what triggers you. Like if you're annoyed at people who breathe loud, be aware of that because you may walk into a room or be on a Zoom where people are breathing loud. Right. And it sounds silly, but there are people out there who have been annoyed at my breathing. And so, like, I want to make sure that, like, if you know that that's a trigger for you, 
be aware of it so that when it happens, instead of reacting in a negative way, you can react leveraging the platinum rule and engage that person, lean into them, ask them a little more. By the way, if they're talking, they're not breathing. So that helps. <laughs> so um, just putting that out there. But being aware, being self-aware will actually put you in a position to um, be ahead or proactive around negative responses or negative behavior. Um, so self-awareness is key. So self-awareness would be step one. Step two, remove self from the equation. Step three, be vulnerable first. Uh, step four, read the room, do a temperature check. Pay attention to what's happening around you. Are people frowning, smiling? Are their eyebrows fr frowned and, and, and tense looking foreheads? Like, pay attention to that because that nonverbal communication will tell you a lot of what you need to know, even if you don't have the time to address every individual. Um, and that's also something you can see as long as people have their cameras on on uh, virtual meetings. Um, and if someone has their camera off in a virtual setting, um, check in with them from time to time. Hey, you know, Frank, I know your camera's off. Please continue managing whatever you're doing. Would love to hear your voice. Right. And and pulling people in. And I let Frank know that I'm not bothered in just that simple statement. I recognize your camera is off. I'm not calling you out, nor am I bothered by it. I just want to hear your voice. I need you here with me. Right. And so you're inviting people into the conversation. That was the platinum rule in like five seconds. Right. And so it's it's one of those things that I would say um, it will it's, it's kind of foolproof. Um, and then the last I would say is the last step is assume positive intent. If Frank doesn't want to talk to you or if he has nothing to say after you invite him to the conversation, cool. Frank may be dealing with a screaming two-year-old. Let him live in that moment, right? And so you continue pushing forward, right? And I think if you can sort of leverage those five steps I just shared, um, you'll be well on your way to becoming a platinum rule practitioner. Oh, certified. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Chris, what I like about PRP. The... PRP. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> I was going to say what I like about those steps is that you could be a leader to apply those steps, or you could be the younger brother teaching your older sister how to write. Right? It's <laughs> so <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> Chris, ne next time your camera's off on a meeting, which it often is, I'm going to be employing those cool. tactics. <laughs> Um, yes. And I may or may not reply, and you'll have to assume positive intent. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is leveraging. Chris is leveraging the platinum rule right now. Do we see how this is going? Like I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, I think it's win -win. It may be veering into it's manipulation. Win -win. It's not... <laughs> it, it may be veering into manipulation, but you know. I feel like I'm winning though, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as long as y'all feel like y'all are winning, I hear a lot of Chris in though in those asks, but you know. All right. Well, Candace, I, I want to really, really appreciate you for joining us today. This was a really amazing conversation. I know you're very busy and taking the time to come chat with us today was really meaningful. And I think the, the listeners have really tangible things to take away from it as well. So thank you so much. You are quite welcome. And if you ever want me back to talk about how to leverage the platinum rule, um, 
or abandon it, I should say, um, in a in a shade throwing conversation. I'm your girl. Yeah, we'll schedule that episode. We'll probably just put you and Chris in a room. We'll say it's recording, <laughs> but not actually recorded, and just let you guys <laughs> just go at it. You know? I, don't know, I don't know if that's safe for the airwaves, yeah. uh, but. <laughs> Here here at Love is a Business Strategy, we are posting new episodes every Tuesday. And if there's a business topic that you guys out there would like us to cover, please let us know at softway.com slash labs. That's L-A-A-B-S. And if you like what you heard today, please do leave us a review uh, or subscribe at Apple and Spotify. It would mean a lot. And so with that, thank you, everybody, for this great conversation. Chris, thank you for, um, you know, I guess all the extra like shade that we got to experience due to this experience. So uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.